Thanks for listening to the Refuel Podcast. Be sure to tune in every Thursday for a new episode. Tonight, um, tonight Hunter was supposed to bring the, last, bring the message tonight. Um, he and I have been kind of trading off, and uh, he was going to be coming to talk about one of the strange things that Christians believe. It has to do with um, how Christians believe that there's only one way to heaven, that Jesus is the only way to heaven. He was preparing that lesson, and um, he has the flu. And he's at home, so he, he, he told me yesterday, he said, I don't, I don't think I'm going to be ready, and to, or you don't think I'm going to feel up to, to coming, and he's still got the fever and everything, so be praying for Hunter. Um, so that gave me an opportunity. Um, we're adding an additional week to our Strange Things Christians Believe series, and I want to talk to you about one of the strange things that Christians believe tonight. But before we do that... We're going to be talking about tonight. We're going to be talking about identity. We're going to talk about how it's a strange. People think Christians are strange because they put their identity in Jesus above all else, or they're called to put their identity in Jesus above all else. So, as we're talking about identity, as we're talking about looking at, and by the way, I had the flu last week. I don't have much like voice left, so I've got my herbal tea here with slippery elm bark in it. So if I take a sip you know what I'm drinking. Um, So as we're talking about identity, I thought, how well do you know some of your favorite celebrities? How well do you know some of your favorite celebrities? We're going to do a little segment to get you thinking about identity called beauty or beast. So here's how it's going to work. I'm going to show you a picture. It's an image. And this image is going to be image of hair. And you're going to have to determine if this is hair from a celebrity or hair from an animal. You think you can do this? We'll start with the first. Is it a beauty or beast? It's kind of hard to see in this one. There's kind of a little, little bit of a lavender haze over this picture here. But I think it is a beauty. <laughs> Some of, the, some of you, it's a little concerning how, how, how quickly you pick that one up. All right, next one. Beauty or beast? It's an alpaca. Good one. Beauty or beast? I'm hearing a lot of beauty. Afghan hound. Afghan hound. All right, beauty or beast? Beauty. Beauty. Alicia Keys, yeah. Beauty or beast? Beauty. It's a lion. <laughs> what about this one? Beauty or beast? How many say beauty? How many say beast? Beauty or beast? Everybody's saying beast. And you're right. That's a highland cow. What kind of a weird animal is that? Beauty or beast? How many say beauty? How many say beast? Beast. (laughs) How many say beauty? Beast. Everybody's saying beast. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) All right. All right, hold on. Let's just do, let's do one more. Beauty or beast? Beauty. Beauty. Beauty or beast? How many say beauty? How many say beast? 
Beyonce. Okay, so we're talking about identity. Some of you can identify some of your celeb- favorite celebrities pretty easily. Um, when we talk about identity, we also think about the way that we see ourselves, the way that others see us. When you look in the mirror, when you look in the mirror, what do you see? A beauty or a beast? I mean, the guys are all saying, beast, yeah, right? <laughs> Maybe a better way to ask it would be when you look in the mirror, what do you see and do you like what you see? And then when you look in the mirror and you look past your physical appearance and you look at the you that you know is the real you, do you like what you see beyond the person in the mirror? What is so, I think, so sad is that people make very quick judgments about others. A lot of times it starts based on the externals, right? I know of people who they wore a particular shirt or they wore like a certain pair of shoes or they wore a pair of pants and for the rest of the school year, their year's pretty much been tanked because people just won't stop reminding them how stupid they looked in that particular outfit. Um, Sometimes because of the house you grow up in or because of the the way you look or because of the um, the things that you're interested in, people are quick to to label you or sometimes, unfortunately, we're quick to label other people. Where do we find our identity in? Um, I think sometimes even if people could, I think we have some gentlemen locked out. I'm guessing. (laughs) And it's kind of uh, the usual suspects. (laughs) So, sorry guys, I didn't know how else to say it. Uh, For some reason, this door is locking on us. Um, So, so when you think of identity, when you think of the way that you see yourself, when you think of the way others see you, what do you think of? Tonight, as you could probably guess, we're going to be talking about something that maybe for a lot of us is foundational. Maybe it's you've heard it in a lot of K-Love songs. You've heard it, you've realized that as you've read through the Bible, there are some things that we need to learn at Refuel and at church and through our Bible studies. There's some things that we need to learn that are new. And there are some things that we need to be reminded of. We spend a lot of time on doctrine at Refuel. We spend a lot of time learning things about God that we don't know yet and we need to know. But there are also times at Refuel and as the people of God, we need to come back together and we need to remind ourselves something that is simple, but that the world wants to make us forget. And this is what we need to be reminded of tonight, that we need to find our identity in Jesus. Find your identity in Jesus. This may seem corny, but we need to remind each other. So look to the person next to you and say, find your identity in Jesus. Now do it like a a parent would. Wag your finger at him and say it. Okay? Find your identity in Jesus. Now look to the person next to you and ask them if they have a Bible. If they have a Bible, if you have a Bible, I want you to open it up to Galatians chapter 3. Open it up to Galatians chapter 3 while I take a sip of my slippery elm bark. So Galatians is an interesting book because there are things that were happening among the Galatians that are still happening today. The book of Galatians was written to Christians 
who were living in a city called Galatia. Can you imagine that? Galatians. These Christians were struggling with a certain topic. And there's not a whole lot I want to get into regarding this topic because it's kind of awkward. But the, the, what was happening was there were people coming from Jerusalem up to Galatia. Jerusalem, Jewish people. Galatia, mostly not Jewish people. Okay? And these people from Jerusalem... The Jewish people came to Galatia and were talking to these Christians and they, they, here's pretty much what they told them. They said, Jesus was Jewish and since you're a Christian and you're believing in Jesus and you want to follow Jesus, since Jesus was Jewish, you need to become a Jewish person yourself, essentially. So you need to observe this feast, you need to not do this, and you need, to, you, 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 need, you need to observe these holy days. Oh, and by the way, all your men have to circumcise themselves. <laughs> and they're like, we were with you all the way up until the last point, right? <laughs> um, yeah, they were, they were literally saying, if you want to be a Christian, you have to have surgery performed to remove part of your body. So these Galatians were having all kinds of trouble because they said, we want to identify with Jesus. But these people are coming, uh, coming, coming to us and they say that we have to identify as Jewish. We have to put our identity in, in all of these, uh, the, these practices and these rituals and the, you know, the, this Jewish law. And they were confused about how they should see themselves, how they should identify themselves. So the Apostle Paul who helped start the church in Galatia, he wrote a letter to them explaining to them, among other things, how they needed to put their identity in Jesus, not in things that people told them they had to be. So in Galatians, in chapter 3, uh, the Apostle Paul is talking about that Jewish law that Jesus grew up following, kept it perfectly, of course, and how, how there were, it was good, but the, the Jewish people, they needed to believe in Jesus. They needed to believe that when he died on the cross, he paid their penalty for their sin, and that they were given new life in him, and a new identity in him. And this is kind of a summary so far of what he's been telling them. So Galatians chapter 3, verses 25 through 29, we're going to read it together. It says, but now that faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. That was the law. For in Christ Jesus, you're all sons of God through faith. For as many of you, of, for as, many as, of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There's neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither slave nor free. There's neither male nor female. You're all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ's, then you're Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. Let me pray for you, and then I want to show you three things about this that have to do with our identity in Jesus. Um, God, I pray that as your word has been read, now as we talk about it, as we pull the truth out and see how it applies to our lives, um, God, that we will be rem reminded just how incredible of a thing it is that we are in Christ. That he is ours and that we are his. And God, I pray that with all the, all the different things that we could find our identity in, all the different things that we could take pride in, God, that by the end of this night, we will only want to glory and we will only want to boast and we'll only, we'll only want to find our identity, our true identity in who we are in you. 
In Jesus' name, amen. If you still have your Bible open, I want to show you something here. If I can get my little pen, pen thing to work. By now, faith has come. We're no longer in a guardian for it. In Christ Jesus, your sons of God through faith. As many of you as were baptized into Christ, you have put on Christ. There's neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male or female. You're all one in Christ Jesus. Have you noticed something here? In Christ Jesus, baptized into Christ, put on Christ, all one in Christ Jesus. Do you see what the focus is here? It's that you are, your identity is in Jesus. What exactly does that mean? Well, the first thing we see is that we are sons of God. When you became a follower of Jesus, when you put your, and by the way, how do you become a follower of Jesus? Faith. Through faith. This is not news to you, right? If you've been coming to Refuel for any amount of time, you know that by believing in Jesus, you become saved. You become a son or a daughter of the king. You're adopted into God's family. And that happens when you're in Christ. So what does it mean? What's so great about that? Your identity in Jesus. What does it mean? Well, there's a whole lot that it means. There's a whole lot that it means. I have here that I want to kind of walk through. It's a pretty long list of all the things that happened and that we became the moment we put our faith in Jesus. How many of you, well, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. This is not a raise your hand question. How many of you are saved and you know it? You can look back and you know that you've, you've trusted in Jesus, that you've put your faith in Jesus. How many of you are saved and you know it? If you're saved and you know it, all of these things are true about you. And finding your identity in Jesus means reminding yourself about some of these things. Before I read these off, because this is, this is going to be exciting. Like just reading this off, this is gonna, it's going to bump you up. Are you too young to remember Hans and Franz? You need to YouTube it. Adam remembers. These are going to pump you up, but I have to give a disclaimer, okay? This is not white girl Instagram manifesting. You know what I mean when I'm saying that? You know, you know what I mean by these people that they're like, oh, I'm just gonna, like, there's, this is what I want, so I'm gonna say all these things, and if I say them enough, if I post them on my Instagram, if I, yeah, if, if I write them down and write them down and write them down, they'll become true. You know what I mean by that? You know how people do that? Like, like they're like, if I just say it enough and if I just believe it enough, it's gonna happen. You can't speak things into existence, Right? There's only one person who can speak things into existence and it's God, the one who spoke the world into existence. But not, not only did God speak the world into existence, he spoke the word into existence. And every single one of these things that we're gonna read has been given by God, is in God's word that is true about you. So, 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 so part of finding our identity in Christ isn't trying to believe that something is true and make it true, we're putting our faith in something that has already been settled. So who are you in Christ? Well, you're fearfully and wonderfully made. Psalm 139. You know, the Bible says that even when you were in your mama's tummy, he had all your days planned out, and he was 
making you exactly the way he wanted you to be. Sometimes we don't like what we see when we look in the mirror, especially physical things. We don't like what we see when we look in the mirror. But God says, in Christ, we're fearfully and wonderfully made. Ephesians 2.10 says that we're God's masterpiece. Ephesians 2 talks about how, how, how God saved us. We we're dead in our sins and he saved us. And we are his masterpiece created in God's image for good works that God's prepared in advance for us to walk in. So you've been not just fearfully and wonderfully made created by God, but you were created for a purpose. I'm made in the image of God. Genesis 1-7, let us make man in our image. I'm forgiven. Ephesians 1-7. Sometimes we look in the mirror, we see all the bad things that we've done. We're reminded of our failures. In Christ, we're forgiven. Isaiah 43, 1, I am redeemed. That we were not just dead in our sins, we had a sin debt that Jesus paid and bought us off of the slave market of sin. We're known by name. First Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, one of my favorite verses, says that we're a new creation. That when we put our faith in Jesus, God didn't just like piece our life back together. He put that in the dumpster and he gave us a new life. You're a new creation. John 3, 16, God so loved the world. That's, that includes you. You're greatly loved. Uh, we're the children of God. We just read that in Galatians 3, 26. I'm his child. I'm an heir of God and a co-heir with Christ. You hear about these people that have these big inheritances. They have rich aunts, rich uncles. You've got something better than a rich aunt. You have something better than a rich uncle. You have a heavenly father that owns everything and that made everything. We're a member of the family of God. I'm blessed. This one's so cool. And a lot of people try to debate, like, what exactly does this mean? Like, I'm interested in debating what it means, but it's just so freaking awesome. I just say it and it sounds so incredible. We've been blessed in the heavenly realm with every spiritual blessing. Look at the person next to you say, you've been blessed in the heavenly realm with every spiritual blessing. That, isn't that, doesn't, I mean, that's, that's, that's incredible, right? We're, we're, we're blessed in the heavenly realm with not just some spiritual blessings, but with every spiritual blessing. You can't be more spiritually blessed than you are right now in Christ. I'm chosen, set apart for God. I don't want to get into the, the, the deep, what's called soteriology, but God looked down from heaven and he saw you. He said, I want to save her. I want to save him. I want to make him my child. I want to make her my child. Incredible. God's treasure possession. Isaiah 43, you are precious to God. Now that, that sounds like an old lady word, doesn't it? Precious. Hey, precious. <laughs> that just sounds creepy, right? Uh, you're, you're precious to God. That means you're dear to God. Some, some people go their whole life without feeling wanted or loved or cherished by anyone. In Christ, you're precious to God. You're the temple of the living God. First Corinthians talks about how the Holy Spirit is living inside you. I mean, if I was God, I'd want to live in like the White House or the Taj Mahal or some fancy schmancy like, like Las Vegas hotel or something where the sheets are like a million thread count. But God decided for you to be his holy temple. We're full and complete, lacking nothing in Christ. God's righteousness has been given to us 
We're God's ambassador. That means we kind of take the flag of heaven wherever we go. We speak on behalf of God to a lost and dying world. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Some of you guys are going to like this one. You're a warrior for Christ. Some of you girls will like that one too. I've seen some of you girls play like soccer and volleyball. Like you, you need this too. You're a warrior for Christ. Uh, you're, part, you're, you're part of God's... You remember the song when you were a kid? I may never march it. No. You didn't do this one at VBS? Ride in the cavalry. Shoot. We're not allowed to shoot the artillery anymore. That's not PC. But shoot the artillery. I may never zoom or the enemy, but I'm in the Lord's army. Okay. Right. You're, you're, you're in God's army. Philippians chapter 3. We're citizens of heaven. You have a passport. And on the front of it, instead of saying United States of America, it, it says citizen of heaven. Pretty awesome. We're light in the darkness. Matthew chapter 5. We're a friend of God. We're friends with God. We've been appointed to bear good fruit. We're Jesus' radiant bride. We're known by God, full of the Holy Spirit, predestined to be conformed to the image of Christ. Not hit, we're hidden in Christ, protected. We're alive in Christ. And one day, we're going to be talking about at the throne room of God, how we have overcome through the blood of Jesus Christ. Do you see, you see, this is just a snapshot of who you are and who I am in Jesus. For those of you that are saved and you know it, and that's a question you need to think about. Am I saved and I know it? Do I have Jesus? But there's this incredible identity that is, supersedes, is so much better than anything we could ever put our identity in. And it's in Jesus. But unfortunately, a lot of people don't put their identity in Jesus. A lot of people look around and you know how it is. You want to be identified with a certain group of people. You want to be identified with what you do. You want to be identified with the sport that you play, with the grade that you make. Um, you want to be identified with the guy you're going out with or the girl you're going out with. There are a lot of other places that we find identity. But when we look for identity apart from Jesus, bad things happen. We're going to talk about three bad C words that happen when we don't put our identity in Jesus. You ready for the C words? The first is when I don't put my identity, looking for identity apart from Jesus is confusing. It is confusing. Where some people would say it is corn-fusing. It is corn-fusing. Look, look, look back at our, our passage in Galatians chapter three. What was the issue? These, these guys were confused. They didn't know who they were. Are we supposed to actually go get like a part of our body lopped off? Is that what we need to, is that what we need to do? All the guys are like, please let it not be the case. Is that when what, what, what I'm, here's what I'm glad. Here's what I'm glad. That this was in the first century. You know, this is, we live in the 21st century. 21 centuries later. We don't have to deal with all the identity crises that they do. We don't have racial issues in 2022, right? Do you agree? We don't have societal issues. We don't have social standing issues in 2022. Nobody's confused about gender in 2022. I'm just so glad that over the past 21 centuries, we've made such progress to where we're not confused about race and we're not confused about social status and we're not confused about gender identity. You know I'm joking, right? Yeah. 
You know, I'm joking, right? We're all very confused because people still today wrestle with identity crises. Back then, I keep dropping this. Back then, it was Jews and Greeks. It was a racial thing. And even today, we, we live in a time where people will more gladly identify with the race that they are or that we are versus who we are in Christ. You know, what's incredible, and some of you that got to go on our, a mission trip with us, was so incredible is that we came together as one people. Different nations, different ethnicities, like different races. We all came together and, and, and they tried to sing worship to God in English. We tried to sing worship to God in Spanish. We ate together. We prayed together. We served together. And what was so incredible was that we found an identity that was so much bigger than where the country we were from and the color of our skin. Now, when it says there's no Jew or Greek, no slave nor free, no male or female, does that mean that those categories don't exist anymore? Obviously not, right? <laughs> there are obvious differences between the colors of our skin and the nations that we come from. There are obvious differences between men and women and guys and girls. And if you have questions about that, Middle schoolers, just ask your parents. There are differences. Uh, that doesn't mean that the differences don't exist, but what it means is there's an identity that's so much more important, and it's Jesus. But see, with, with, without putting our identity in Jesus, looking for identity apart from Jesus, it's confusing. This was the best picture I could find with confused identity that was appropriate for, for refuel. Not only is it confusing, looking for identity apart from Jesus is crazy. It doesn't make logical sense. Is anybody a, Napole a Napoleon Dynamite fan here or is it just me? Okay, making sure, we're, it's, making sure it's still a relevant thing. You know, good old Uncle Rico. What does he like to talk about? Football. Football when? Back in 80, right? Was it 80? Back in 80. Uncle Rico is like the guys that you see that used to play Midland football that come to the games 10 years later and still talk about the glory days. Looking for identity in something that's not going to last forever ain't going to last forever. You know what's crazy? Some of you that play varsity sports, there's going to be a day when you hear the whistle, whistle, whistle for the last time and you've played your last game of high school sports. You may kick the soccer ball around a little bit after high school. You may throw the pigskin a little bit. You may even be, you may even be one of the 6% of high school athletes who make it to the college level. And you, there's a small chance you might even be in the 1.3% who make it to the professional level. But what did we learn? What have we learned this football season? Even jerks like Tom Brady have an expiration date. Nobody's going to play sports forever. And one day that whistle's going to blow and you're going to play your last game as a soccer player, as a football player. You're going to run your last cross country race. You're going to take your last test. And that identity that you put all that stock in, it's going to be gone. Does that mean we shouldn't play sports? Does that mean we shouldn't try to get good grades? Does that mean we, sh we shouldn't be involved in, in, in performances and plays and music? Absolutely not. That's great. But that can't be your primary identity. 
Because looking for identity apart from Jesus that's eternal, it's crazy. The last C word. Looking for identity apart from Jesus is cruel. You know, what, what you learn about this church in Galatia is that there were some really cruel things that were happening. When you find your identity apart from Jesus and you look at other people to find their identity apart from Jesus and you say, this is what it's all about, there are always gonna be people on the outside looking in. There are always gonna be people who were excluded from the circle. Do you know, what I'm you know what I'm talking about? When the identity is you have to wear this kind of clothes, you have to wear brands on brands on brands, you have to have these particular, like this particular number of likes on all of your Instagram pictures. When your identity is, and, and, and there's a group of people that place their identity in something apart from Christ, there's always people on the outside looking in. There's always people that don't measure up. And in the church of Galatia, there were people on the outside looking in because they, there, were, there was a group that was finding their identity in something other than Jesus. You know what's really, 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 really sad is that sometimes people come to churches, people come to student ministries looking for hope because they don't fit the mold, because they're dressed a little different, because they talk a little different, or maybe they're, they're from a different part of town or they're from a school that you're not familiar with. They are on the outside looking in. You show me a student ministry, a, a youth group, where people don't feel welcome, and I'll show you a student ministry, a youth group, that is putting their identity in something other than Jesus. Because just like the church in Galatia was exclusive, because they made something other than Jesus their primary focus, we become exclusive and we turn people away when we make something other than our identity in Jesus our primary focus. Looking for identity apart from Jesus is cruel. It's cruel to others and it makes others cruel to you. So you say, Matt, well, what do I do? How do I put my identity in Jesus? How do we, as a, as a student ministry, as a youth group, keep our identity, our collective identity in Jesus? Just two words I want to leave with you. And they're F words. Who was it? Was it, was it Bella? You said you have 16 F words so far this school year. I'll give you two more. We're getting close to 20. Okay. We, we, we got two F words, uh, two F words tonight. The first F word is find. Find your identity in Jesus. Um, when we pray and dismiss and we get out of here, I'm going to put this list back up. I've got it here, but I'm going to put it back up on the screen. Find your identity in Jesus. When everybody's making you feel about this big, like you have no friends, you feel lonely, remember who you are in Christ. I'm going to put, a, put this back up here in a minute so you can take a picture of it if you want to. Find your identity in Jesus. Are you saved and do you know it? Have you put your faith in Jesus? Do you know that your sin has been paid for, forgiven, and that you have an eternal home in heaven and now you have an identity with Jesus? If you've never put your faith in Jesus, please talk to me or talk to, talk to one of our leaders afterwards. Talk to your friend who brought you or who you connected with tonight. Uh, say, how, I'd like, I want to be saved and I want to know that I'm saved tonight. After fine, frame. Allow the eyes of God to frame your view of people. Start seeing people the way that God sees them. In the words of Forrest Gump, that's all I have to say about that. 
I, I tried to finish with a couple minutes to leave time for this. Um, we haven't got to do this for a long time, and I want to end the night instead of putting somebody on the middle, in the middle. I want to end tonight by having a prayer time where you get to pray over something that is important to you. We haven't done this for a little while. Um, so I want to do this tonight. Just going to take a couple minutes. And down here, we have three, sections, three stations here. And in each of these stations, you'll find an index card. And you'll find a pen and you'll find a bowl. What I'll ask you to do here in a minute when I say go is I want you to grab an index card, grab a pen, and I want you to just find, we find a spot here on the stage here. We call this the altar, but just anywhere on the stage. And I want you, what I want you to do is I want you to write down one way, one area of your life where you desperately need God to work. An area that we can partner with and pray for you. When you're done, write, you're, when you're done writing that down, maybe spend a minute just praying over that yourself. And I want you to take the card, fold it in half, and put it in this bucket. And go back to your seat after that. Um, I'm going to make sure our leaders are praying over your prayer requests for the rest of the week. Uh, so you know you have somebody praying for you. You can put your name on it if you want. If you want us to pray for you by name, you can put your name and then your request. If it's something that you, is kind of private, you can just write the prayer request down. You don't have to put your name down. Um, but I asked Jude if he'd play a little music for us. Um, so Jude's going to go up to the piano. I'm going to give him a minute to get up there. And um, once the music starts playing, I've got my card. I've got my pen. Once the music starts playing, I want to ask you to come on up and join me in praying, and then I'll close us out in prayer and we'll be dismissed. Thanks again for listening to the Refuel Podcast. If you have any questions or would like to review the notes from this podcast, be sure to download the Refuel app from the App Store on any mobile device.